like me, Lee Murray, wanted to be world champion in the UFC. He just happens to be involved in the largest cash robbery in the world. He's definitely not sane. <laughs> Showtime Sports presents the unbelievable true story about the MMA fighter who pulled off one of the largest heists in history. Huge amounts of money, armed gang, disguises, kidnapping. This is the sort of thing you see in Hollywood films. We've never seen that for real. Catching Lightning, streaming Friday, April 7th, only on Showtime. Streaming with Paramount Plus. As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba da ba ba ba. Hello again, Broncos country, and welcome to another Orange Weekly post-game podcast. Matt and I are here today to talk about the Broncos beating the Dolphins at home. Uh, fantastic win. Lots of good things. Some not-so-good things uh, early on with Drew Locke, but looking at him bouncing back. We'll talk about that, the awesome performance of the defense, and Tua getting benched uh, at near the end of the game. Uh, maybe some trust issues with, uh, you know, Trying to close out a game? We'll see. I don't know. Matt and I are going to talk about it. Glad you're here. And what, what, uh, once again, welcome to the Orange Weekly Post Game Podcast. Orange Weekly. Fans, brews, and Broncos news. What's up, Kev? Oh, I'm so excited, man. Like, oh, I'm gonna miss Tanner's voice. Not gonna lie. Like, I am too. We can't replicate. But you have the beard, so I mean, yeah, you have the best beard out of all of us. So yeah, but you can't see that on the podcast. I'm I can see it, and that's all I can. Like, right, if okay. if people want to see the beard, they just will have to watch one of our live shows you on know? Tuesdays, on seven Tuesdays. Mountain Time. There you go. What a plug! <laughs> what a plug! Yeah, what a what a pretty good game. I honestly, honestly did not think the Broncos would win. I thought Miami was going to take this one, but I was pleasantly surprised and very impressed by um, just the overall resiliency of the the entire Broncos team, namely the offense. Because like rough start, like that first pass was a pick, and then you know it, it just kind of derailed a bit. Like Devontae Parker had that big touchdown, and it just mm-hmm. looked like here we go. Uh, but you were at the game though, so. Yep. What was it like? Uh, same thing. And so my voice, if uh, I find sound quiet on the podcast, it's because my voice is still coming back. Um, no, it was it was an interesting experience to – I mean, it was still pretty loud for as empty as the stadium was. Um, that was okay, though. It gave me lots of room to jump and run around and stuff near the end of the game. But, yeah, early on, that first pick, I think everybody in the stadium, all the Broncos fans anyway, mm-hmm. just – I think you could just hear this huge sigh among everyone of – Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, they, they turn it around. I mean, Drew Lock wasn't fantastic, but the game plan, they stuck to the run game. Mm-hmm. And this is what we've been talking about for weeks. If you stick to the run game, if you utilize Philip Lindsay and they didn't just lean on one running back, they used that one, two punch that we were talking about. And, you know, going into the start of the season, if you use these two guys uh, really well in a smart manner, you're going to keep both of them fresh. You're going to throw off the defense, and that's what's going to help Drew Locke, you know, take some of the pressure off of him. And that's what we saw today. And it makes me wonder even more why haven't we been doing that more often? You know, it really, really bog, you know, boggles my mind. But like Lindsey, 
man, every time he catches, he, he just carries the ball or catches the ball or just has any involvement with the ball. It's like it could go for at least 10, 15 yards. It seems like a very normal thing to happen. Yep. And then Melvin Gordon, I mean, he's the one who came up with the scores. Uh, big power runner. He helped a lot in pass protection. I, you know, yeah. is it finally the point where those running backs are finding their groove? Is the offense finally finding their stride after weeks and weeks of struggles? Because, I mean, Miami's defense is pretty good. Yeah, like you know, this is a, a very strong unit, and it was a rough start for Denver. But like, man, as the game progressed, it just meant Denver just took control, and to mm-hmm. the point where you know, like we said earlier, like Tonga Viola just had to be benched. And I read up on it a little bit, and it wasn't anything to do with an injury. No. It's purely performance based. Flores mm-hmm. just there was the the offense wasn't moving. He had like less than a hundred passing yards. Yeah. Uh, seven completions or eleven completions or something like that. Just nothing really, you know, amazing, but. You know, it, it it's always nice when, you know, your defense forces the benching of the starting quarterback. Like, oh, yeah. Two is young. He's a rookie, you know. So, I mean, it's it's not unexpected. I think he'll be the starter next week. It's not like this guy's, like, gone for good. But um, humbling experience. And I think, uh, you know, we talked a bit about it on the, the pregame and on the Tuesday night show. And, you know, the, the Broncos defense really, really stepped up. And they played their role. Like, they they moved from number three to number two overall yeah. this week. So. Yeah. You know, that, that was pretty fantastic. You made a lot of good points there. Um, Take your time. You know, the, okay. the Broncos, you know, the offense getting in, into the groove, and you guys have talked about it on the pregame podcast, which everyone out there should listen to the pregame podcast. Um, you had talked about how the defense, you know, the, they move around before they snap. They they jump. They, they go side to side. And our offense, surprisingly, at the offensive line held their own. Mm-hmm. You know, they kept Drew Locke fairly clean. I mean, I saw at least one, if not two, fantastic blocks by Melvin Gordon. One of them was an incompletion. Um, but still, I mean, the, these guys just held their own, and, and they were able to just understand what the defense was doing to a degree where they could at least stop them to allow our running backs and drew lock make plays happen. And that's honestly what I think uh, blew me away more than anything was you see how our offensive line, especially with as beat up as they are, you have a rookie uh, center in, in Lloyd Cushenberry. I mean, this is a defense that should have by all means just given our offense a, a a rough, rough day, mm-hmm. but they held their own the whole game through. The entire um, game, yeah. See, and and you're talking about Tua getting benched. Yeah, you're right. Performance based, but you know, I'm almost. It, it kind of boggles me in these situations. Look, they they've won five in a row before this last game, I believe. Yeah. Um, so why not get your rookie quarterback some two minute experience trying to drive the ball down the field to put you know to at least tie the game? You know, it, it's an interesting, interesting idea there. It's an interesting idea. And I think, you know, I, I think for you know, two reasons, number one, like, you know, when your brand new Ferrari gets a, a couple scratches on it and, and it's going through some rough roads, pull it in the garage, <laughs> get out that old beater man, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and just hopefully something happens for a minute. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you for a minute. I thought we had some Fitz magic happening. Yeah. Some passes like he had 12 completions for 117 yards in like yeah. the last quarter. He yeah. Was, you know, this was Fitz magic. If it wasn't for that last interception, it could have been one of his, you know, great moments. But I think with Tua, it's, yeah, you want that experience. But at the same time, the Dolphins are, you know, they're in a position to make the playoffs. Yep. If anything, they might be in a wild card spot or they're they're in the hunt for That's a wild fair. card spot right now. So, you know, they're in a win now. So, That's true. you know, if Tua's not working and you have Ryan Fitzpatrick who has, I mean, he's 
in the NFL for like 46 years, like, you know, <laughs> let him go out there and try to make something happen. And he almost did. Right. So That's from true. the Miami perspective, I think they made the right decision and it almost paid off. Um, but yeah. ultimately that Broncos defense, like, man, it really held it together. Like I, I'm blown away by the, the, this, just the, the unity of the team. And it's finally come together on the defense. I mean, it has for a few weeks, but this week it's like, Hey, we, we started down early and like a few big plays happened, but just kept going and going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we've talked for weeks now about how the defense has done everything they can. And by the third or fourth quarter, they're just gassed. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, you have the aspect of the offense was moving the ball, keeping the defense off the field a little bit more. Um, But I think to some degree, the defense finally was like, okay, our offense is actually like supporting it. Like they're, they're Mm -hmm. doing their part too. That makes them want to go out even more and say, let's close out this game because You know, it's a whole team effort. And I'm sorry, I know you're professionals and you're going to go out there and you're going to play your best every game. But when it's the same story every week, you're going out there and you're giving 110%, but the offense just is not doing anything to help you out. At some point, you look across the room and you're saying, guys, we can't do anything else, you know, and and it kind of gets demotivating to a point. But this last game, like that, that was not the case at all. The offense was doing their part. And and you saw in that last drive, yeah, Fitzpatrick was moving down the field, but they were fighting for every yard. You know, the defense yeah. was holding their ground. And that's what's cool is, like you're saying, seeing that whole team come together. Uh, and if you can play like this every week, you're going to win majority yeah. of your games. And if you can win. beat the Dolphins, yeah. yeah. You can absolutely win most of these games you're playing up. You know, you're, 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 any team really you're going up against, you can beat them. And I mean, it's going to be scores like this. Like mm-hmm. it's going to be 20 to 13. I'm going to say I predicted the Dolphins to win 21 14. So I, I was close. pretty close, but yeah. eh, not quite. But, anyways, you know, the Broncos, <laughs> if they play like this, it's going to be these kind of tight games, but it's, they're so winnable and, and they, they control a lot of factors. Like, just look at the stat line. Drew Locke had 30 attempts. And there was also between Gordon and Lindsay, there was uh, 31 rushes, mm-hmm. right? So you're looking at like 30 and 30. That's Pat Shermer's balanced offense. And look what happened. You know, like you take away Locke's, you know, interception early in the game. Thank God that happened early in the game. It's easy yeah. to come back from that as opposed to like fourth quarter. Um, but then Melvin Gordon's two touchdowns. Both running backs had over 80 yards, over five yards a carry. Yep. That's impressive, man. That's yeah. that's something that, like, no wonder we're able to control the game and the offense is blending, right, when you see stats like this. And then receiving it, Tim Patrick, what a gem. He's coming through, oh, man. Geez. He's five catches for 119 yards. That's fantastic. Like, Jerry Judy had, a, you know, a couple big moments. But, you know, Tim Patrick, I think he's, like, the unsung hero of this mm-hmm. entire team this year. I mean, on the offense, the defense, you're playing with a bunch of, like, backups. Mm-hmm. So anybody could be a hero. But, like, on the offense, Tim Patrick has really, really just come through as, like, the number one receiver. Right. You know, and I went back and I watched a game recap because I needed to take myself out of the moment, out of the stands and kind of, you know, rewatch <laughs> what happened injury. from a, a not, you know, fanatic, crazy fan in the stands. <laughs> right. Um, but the, you know, you're seeing multiple options out there for Drew Locke. Yeah. Jerry Judy had some moments, but you also know like they're getting, they're double teaming him. They are making sure that he's the number yeah. one threat. Again, I know it's like just, what if, what if, but if Cortland Sun was out there, you can only imagine how much more that's going to open up all these oh, guys. But you're seeing how big of a threat Tim Patrick is and how yeah. amazing he's doing. Uh, Noah Fant, there are so many targets here for Drew Locke that he just he can throw to any number, any number of them, and they're going to do really, really well. And so that's when we're talking about the, the young talent on this team and why you should be excited for the next three, four plus years, that's exactly what I'm talking about, man. 
Yeah. And I mean, with Sutton back, Tim Patrick coming in, he'd be the number two and Jerry Judy's your slot number three. Unlike KJ Hamler's your specialist. Like there's a lot of weapons on this, on this offense. And here's an interesting one. Like the receivers on the, like, sorry, Drew Locke only threw to tight ends and receivers. The running backs didn't have any receptions, Mm -hmm. which is an interesting one. Usually running backs like Lindsay, I mean, Lindsay has some catching struggles, but like Gordon, especially he's good in the passing game, but you know, no targets, no reception. So it's right. it's a, the, the game plan was interesting because they just they they controlled the clock with the run. They scored in every uh, quarter except for the fourth quarter, but they held their own there, and they limited the the Dolphins to a field goal in the second half. Like yep. the Dolphins only scored early in that game on that mm-hmm. touchdown, Devontae Parker, and it was a beautiful touchdown, and everything. But after that, man, it's three quarters where they only scored two six points. That's like. You know, that's phenomenal from a defensive standpoint. And I think they had like what six sacks, five or six yeah, sacks. Six sacks. Six sacks. Six sacks. One interceptions. Justin Simmons coming through at the end of the game and close it out. Uh, you know, and the guys who are getting these sacks, man, Malik Reed, what a great like uh, you know, you know, replacement, I guess is the wrong word, but it's the one I'm gonna use for uh, yeah. Von Miller. Like, you know, he's performing really well week in and week out. Uh, Bradley Chubb had one, Deshaun Williams. Who the hell's Deshaun Williams? Yeah, Two right. sacks, amazing. Dr- uh, Draymond Jones, like uh, you know, this is fantastic from the defense and a lot of tacklers and like, I don't know, man. It, it, overall, is a good game. Like if we just put this game on an island, Broncos deserved it. They played, you know, the 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 best out of both teams. Yeah, uh, they had well over two hundred yards more than uh, than the Dolphins, you know, in total offense. And I I don't know, well earned victory. And now, like you said earlier, there's I don't think anybody really reasonably expected the Bronx to come out and have this performance, you know. Uh, And it makes me sit here and wonder, like, why can't we do this every week? Yeah, we're not going to win every week, but why can't we perform to this, I guess, level every week? And it's it's the things we've been talking about, dedicated to the run game, you know. And we had talked about, like, look, Drew Locke was injured. He's been fighting through that rib injury all week. He didn't look good for – weeks following you know that fourth quarter of the patriots game comes out throws an early interception and somehow he he's able to bounce back and this is the first time we're talking about yeah he has to develop but now we're seeing a guy who can okay that plays over i gotta move on and and keep going Mm -hmm. and he's not bringing himself down so that was really promising to see as well that's my favorite trait about him and i've noticed that really all year like you know from training camp on is is his resiliency like even after a bad play you know he just seems to be unfazed by it he comes out and he just goes at it again and he you know he scraps for the first down with his legs you know he'll run through he'll put his shoulder down he'll do a lot of stuff that other quarterbacks won't um and it's funny, like I talked to my, you know, to my other football friends outside of you guys, believe it or not, I have other football what? friends. Outside. I know. What? I know. Up in We're Canada. the better friends though. There's like three of us up in Canada and we all, uh, we all <laughs> hang out together. <laughs> but, you know, nobody really likes Drew Locke. Everybody's like ripping on Drew Locke and, and mm-hmm. they don't like him. And I just, I, I, I think he, he, all the tools are there, yep. but they just aren't all in the right place yet. Like, I don't know if Pat Shermer's really the offensive mind to bring him together. I, you know, I, I'm not really sure if if even Fanjo's the the leader for for him, but you know he might be somebody who takes who requires a specialized type of coach who can actually help him take his game to the next level, find his confidence and find his swagger and and all that. But like weeks like this where he'll throw the pick early, but he comes back and he didn't throw a touchdown pass, but he managed the game well. He made important throws and like the the kid's tough, man. Yeah, he is built tough, and and I really like. 
I enjoy it. You know, I enjoy watching him and I have a lot of faith in him. Um, and you, you know, you ask like, why can't we win every game like that? That's a great question. Like, I mean, any given, any given Sunday is, you know, it's, it's the reality of football, but like, oh, yeah. if we're looking at this upcoming schedule, I think you might want to rescind your words because it's well, Saints, Chiefs, it's, it's, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying that, why can't we win like that? But why can't we get hold of those core concepts of don't yeah. give up on the run game in the first quarter? Don't rely solely on Drew Locke. He is not there yet where you can put the entire game on his shoulders. Use the team around you. Stay in the run game. Keep the, keep the defense off the field. Let them make plays when they're out there. And you're going to be competitive in these games. Now, are we going to beat the the Saints and, and the Chiefs? Well, we said they weren't going to beat the Dolphins. But, you know, you're, you're talking yeah. about where we have a chance in these games all of a sudden versus we're running the ball 50-plus times. I don't know, some crazy number, only passing 20, you know. Like, yeah. that is way out of kilter. And what we saw this week was a dedication to the run game. And that just allowed everything to flow. Yeah. All of a sudden, they have to, you know, the the defense has to play closer. You know, that's going to open up the pass game. It's mm-hmm. going to Drew Locke is going to be able to run around. And, yeah, he scrambled for a couple of us. He got the one first down, almost got the second one there, right? So it's just – it's that whole concept where if you stick to it, you're going to be competitive. If you're in the fourth quarter and you're down, okay, time to give up on the run game, right? Those things are yeah. simple. But yeah. why yeah. are you doing that in the first quarter? You know, it's, yeah, and you know, I I don't know. Having coached myself, I'm coached in the pro level. Like I'm not pretending to be one of these guys, but having coached myself and in, in the experience I have, it's you know, there's a certain emotion that takes over, especially early in a game, and and you're not seeing what you want to see yet. You sure, know, sure. you have your like run script, you have the plays you want to run, and then like it, you know, you're getting stopped, things aren't really working, and and, and it's easy for a coach to just kind of like get a little bit too anxious and and just go to the past right because like it's just sort of an automatic thing a lot of times it's not even like thought about it just happens and at the same time like the nfl is a passing league i think playbooks are built around the pass as opposed to being built around the run Mm -hmm. um so i think a lot of the focus from coaches goes towards that passing game because you're right man we shouldn't abandon it just yet and like the moments when we're like okay we got to quit this is like you need to push it a little bit more at that point just keep going and then eventually something breaks but i think you know early in this game we saw you know Lindsay taking off we saw gordon being able to to get in the end zone and and that gave Shermer some confidence to keep calling run plays but uh, you know ultimately i think the best offenses in the league have extraordinary run games uh, you know, right now we're looking at like the top five offenses, Seattle Seahawks. I mean, they've got, you know, Russell Wilson. Okay, fine. But their running game is always, always, you know, working. Minnesota Viking with Dalvin Cook, you know, uh, Kansas City Chiefs, another offense that's in the top there. And with Clyde, whatever, I'll, you know, we'll, we'll save yeah. talking about them later. Green Bay Packers is a run first offense with Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers. And that's, they're, they're putting up just insane scores every week. Tennessee Times at number five mm-hmm. running offense, uh, Cleveland Browns. Number, you know, running offense, right? So there's, you know, these top offenses are good on the ground, right? Uh, Broncos, man, in the run, we're still struggling. Well, number 12, I think last week helped, but mm-hmm. we can be way better yep. than what we've shown so far. And this week was great indication between both running backs, man, 31 carries for 160 plus yards and two touchdowns. Yeah. You could do that every day. Like that, you know, almost three touchdowns, almost three touchdowns. Like that should be a regular thing for the Broncos, especially with this, you know, the stable of running backs. And then Freeman didn't get a single carry. He's another player that we should be rolling. Yeah. You know, at least a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. And I mean, maybe the Dolphins' front was a little, uh, tired gassed with the atmosphere they're they're traveling cross country there's a lot of stuff perhaps that that played an impact um but i don't know 
you know, the offensive flight played great. The running backs played well. And, and we have to stick to the run, especially against the Saints, especially against, especially against the Chiefs. If we can't run the ball against the Chiefs, like, forget it. And, and the mm-hmm. Saints is the same kind of deal. The Saints are a volatile offense. And now with Taysom Hill at quarterback, everything that you think you know about the Saints, you got to throw out the window. Man. Yeah. Sean, Sean Payton is now like, you know, he's, he's releasing his perfect weapon. <laughs> he's been like crafting this guy for yep. years, playing all these different positions, learning the playbook, learning behind Drew Brees. And now here we go. He's finally released him out in the world. And it's going to be, uh, man, a pain in the butt to stop. But the way to stop that often is with your offense by running the ball, controlling the clock and like scoring, mm-hmm. scoring, scoring, scoring like that needs to happen. Yeah. Two touchdowns and two field goals isn't going to win it against you know the rest of the teams. Right. And, no, and no. I think ultimately that's been an issue for the Broncos all year though. Like mm-hmm. correct me if I'm wrong, but no, mm-hmm. no, it is, you know, and it, the, the run, run game may not be going in the first quarter, but you have to stick to it. You got to wear yeah. down that other line, yeah. you know, you got to yeah. wear down the other defense and eventually that's going to, and we have the defense to oh. keep us in the game. Do we like, ever? Man? So there's no reason to panic. And I get what you're saying. Be in that moment. If I was, if I was that coach, I'd be like, come on. Like we have this <laughs> talent. We have these wide receivers. Yeah, Drew exactly. Walker can't do exactly. it. Let's just make it. But exactly. you know, yeah. this game proved that you have to stick to it. And it was so fun to see them just continual, like just build on it, play after play after play. And so if you get a couple three and outs early on, you have the defense that can go out there and keep you in the game, right? And then you stay in the run game. It's going to open up everything else. It seems like a simple concept, right? We just haven't seen it until this last week. So, you know, are people going to put their money on the Broncos in the next uh, rest of the season? Uh, probably not. But you're talking yeah. about we can be competitive in these games. You can keep the scores close. Like, again, I didn't think they'd beat the, the Dolphins. I thought the Dolphins were in the five-game winning streak. Like, they're really, really hot. And, you know, they, they kind of, you know, fizzled out. And I think, yeah, the offense played really well, but I, I, it was the defense who won the game for the Broncos, mm-hmm. like yeah. to limit Tua to 83 yards, to be able to like, just get six, six sacks, right? Six sacks, yep. Yep. six sacks, get that, that interception late in the game. Like, man, that defense won the game for the Broncos. The offense did what they needed to do, but it was that defense. And like the identity of the Broncos has been defense for ever, yep. ever, ever, ever. Right. And, and 2015 and so, at least. At least 2015, and even before that, like, oh, you know, yeah. who was the DC before? It was uh, Del Rio. Del Rio had a good defense too. Yeah, he did. Yeah, you know, Del Rio had a good defense, and Wade Phillips was, you know, he, we all we clearly know what happened there. Oh, yes. And then, you know, uh, even Vance Josephs, like, he's kind of a strange coach, but like he, you know, the defense is still good. And now with Fangio, we've got literally backups playing mm-hmm. at almost every position and it's yeah. the number two defense in the league right now this like yeah. that's what's going to probably beat the saints if we're going to win against the saints next week it's going to be on the back of this defense mm-hmm. uh w- which is just awesome because so many teams don't have that you know yep and i think it's really just it's it's one thing that we can at least hang our hat on as, as much as lock can be frustrating um you know i think the defense is what just won the game against the dolphins yep has to be you know, the team is so beat up across the board and it sucks. It really oh, sucks. Yeah. But if you're thinking about next year, everybody comes back healthy. But now you have depth of mm. players who have multiple game experience, whether it's starting or they're getting a good amount of time on the field where they wouldn't get, you know, Malik Reed would not be getting much play time at all if Von Miller was out there. But now yeah. you're seeing him have a chance to go out there, 
figure figure things out, gain that experience. And so next year, man, you have depth. So if somebody does go out, God forbid, you know, knock on wood, I don't want to start doing you know, <laughs> already. Start, okay. but, oh, uh, but now you're talking about, okay, we can throw somebody in and it's not like shattering. It's not like, holy crap, we're screwed. It's like, okay, well, we know what this, who this guy is. We know what he can do. We can go out there and he can, you know, step up and make things happen versus well, we don't, we've never heard of him before. So I guess we'll see what he does. So, yeah. you know, is this a blessing in disguise? If you will, uh, I think it's going to pay off in the long run. Um, yeah, it sucks it now, but, well. but you're right. Well. And I think, I think that, you know, it sucks. Cause I, as long as we've been doing these podcasts, man, it's like the Broncos have just, you know, gone through roller, like a, a carousels of quarterbacks and oh. issues. It's like literally man, for year after year, it's just been like shit coaches and, and mm-hmm. bad quarterbacks. And now it's like, pretty good coaches and a whole bunch of injuries and a, and a global pandemic. And it's like, it, everything seems to be in the way against the Broncos right now, but that stuff doesn't last forever mm-hmm. unless you're the Browns, you know, and then it lasts like 17, 18 years. Oh, well, uh, but not going to happen here. This is a winning culture. And, and Malik Reed, I love what you bring up because man, this guy is like, he would not be playing. But he's 24 years old. He would not be getting this kind of experience and this kind of impact. And he's doing great. Like, he's playing so well. Mm-hmm. And this year as a backup, like, we were nervous when Miller went down. But, like, I'm confident with him at outside linebacker. You're only nervous? I was yeah. like, I was yeah. like, well, there goes the pass rush completely. I was like, <laughs> you can you can double team Bradley Chubb and then we got man. nobody else, right? And, you know, I'm, I'm drawing. If you were a coach, man, it'd be like, you, you'd call the first play inside run and get stuffed. You're like. Fuck this. Like, okay, that's we gotta it. start passing. Hail Mary. Hail Mary. Maybe something yeah. to work. Yeah, relax. <laughs> okay. Well, that's man. why I'm not a coach. That's why I'm yeah. just a fan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, but no, I mean, we, we can really find, you know, great stories with all these players. But uh, yeah, honestly, really just surprising game. I think it was one of the more fun games to watch this week. Um, even though it was quite defensive, uh, it was very enjoyable. So uh, looking at the, the pro football pro football focus rankings here on the defense, but first off, uh, Atachu, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever heard in the stands, but, you know, he says, you know, tackle by uh, number 97, Jeremiah Atachu, and you go, bless you, and the guy comes back and says, thank you. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> sorry, it's just awesome. Um, That's awesome. <laughs> like all the but, fans will say bless you? Yeah. Oh, and it's probably crazy. a lot more obvious when there's the stands yeah, yeah, are full yeah, of it. Yeah. My wife was like, why are you saying bless you? I'm like, he said, thank you. Like there's, the, and I had to explain <laughs> it and it just, it wasn't as fun, but um, man, you're seeing Justin Simmons really step up. Bradley, you're mm-hmm. seeing the big name step up, but then you're also seeing Malik Reed. You're seeing Josie Jewell, who is just really coming to his own this year. Uh, Atachu, yeah, yeah. uh, you know, oh man, Jackson and Johnson. I mean, these guys are just so full of energy and mm-hmm. motivation. So, yeah, we don't need an amazing uh-huh. offense. We just need an offense that can play smart, not yeah. turn the ball over, uh, and let the defense go keep you in the game. And then now your offense is in a position to make something happen. That's a great, great point. You don't the Broncos don't need Locke to do everything. Yep. They really don't. If you run the ball like they did this week, you know, if both running backs get 15, 16 carries a piece, then you still Royce Freeman. Like, why can't he get five, six in a game? And then mm-hmm. Lockman, like instead of throwing 30, 40 times a game, if you can limit him to 25 pass attempts a game and he gets 17 of those for a couple hundred yards and one touchdown, that's like enough with the running backs and and even like the the ability of the receivers to move the ball like Jerry Judy the route running Tim Patrick the big physical you know mm-hmm. uh, like just big bodied receiver and hand, like everything's there but i think 
you know, I think Locke might be putting a lot of pressure on himself to yeah. be the guy, which is fine because I think a lot of his peers and a lot of the other young quarterbacks in the league are like the guys on their team. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they're all, you know, to a maybe lesser yet, but you know, he, he's only had a few starts. Um, but you know, across the board, like, you know, think of all the young quarterbacks in the league right now, they're all the guy leading the team, yeah. right? Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray and, and Mahomes and, uh, you know, Josh Allen and, you know, these mm-hmm. guys, you're either leading the guy, the, the team, or you're a bust, like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like Baker Mayfield's kind of not really what we expected him to be. Uh, Sam Darnold is the most, you know, whatever. I'm not, I'm not going to break my heart here, you know, Locke, but like, so Locke is kind of like, he wants to be the guy. And he's putting too much pressure and he's making these dumb mistakes and he's not really helping the team. But when mm-hmm. he takes a step back and he just manages the game, it's like, whoa, he looks super confident and it, it's yeah. like it's working well. So, you know, I think if if we can keep that identity to the defense and put less pressure on him, it'd be yeah. interesting to see what happens. Yeah. And, and and that's a good, you know, that is a fair point. He's looking around and he does see these these other young quarterbacks being. But then you brought up Baker Mayfield. And this is where I'm talking about you gotta give it time. Just because Herbert and all these other guys are playing and Tua playing really well right off the bat. Well, so was Baker Mayfield. You know, he yeah. was looking pretty good earlier. <laughs> and now you're down the road a couple of years and you're like, wait, maybe he's yep. not as good. My you cannot thing. tell. You cannot Trubisky. tell early on. Mitch Trubisky went to a yeah. Mitch yeah. went to a Pro Bowl and yeah. now he got benched and he's he'll be back now because Nick Foles is I mean obliterated but like yeah. it's it, exactly he doesn't need to be that guy and like he's only had 10 11 starts and, and you know it's just such a different this fan club man is just so geared towards <laughs> winning now for decades like yeah. been winning now for as long as I've been watching football the Broncos are always winning now and now this kind of like half rebuild half not with John Elway just like tore us apart yep. you know it's like in a relationship where you just go through a rough patch and like man what are you gonna do but you got to stay there for the kids it's oh it's rough <laughs> it's rough, That's rough. <laughs> no you're exactly right so i mean you can whenever somebody's out there and saying yeah but look at herbert he's doing awesome and two of steps he's doing awesome it's like well you know drew lock is not doing awesome you got to give him time you got to give him time because like you said you you look at these other guys, yeah, they start out really strong, but then they really don't develop past that. Other teams figure them out, and they don't become as special. So even if they start off really shit hot like like some of these other guys, does not mean that they are the answer, that they will be the guy. we got to give Drew Locke time to get this experience, calm down himself, put some, take some pressure off himself, and go like prove if he's that guy or not. It takes time one yeah. way or the other. The question I ask myself is whether or not they should stick with Pat Shermer moving forward. I think we've discussed this on another show and, and I, I reflect on it a lot because I I think A, they should stick with them for at least another two years because mm-hmm. you know that's going to bring some continuity. It's going to bring some time for Locke and Shermer to really get like that synchronicity you need between the OC and the and the quarterback. And the playbook's going to evolve around the players and you know it's going to be good. Right. Continuity is a big factor to a lot of these teams' success, like mm-hmm. across the board. I mean, the Steelers are the prime example. They've had more head like sorry, no, sorry, excuse me. They've had less head coaches in the last 60 years than any sports franchise like mm-hmm. in the planet three head coaches are you kidding me yeah like continuity and look this year they they 10 and 0 they've mm-hmm. won two super bowls and you know with ben roethlisberger like they're you know so we need to have that continuity you know starting somewhere i think it's him however however i not a big fan of Shermer and his offense because right. it's just 
mundane and kind of boring. And, and, you know, wherever he's been as an OC or a head coach, it's not, you know, inspiring. It doesn't make me think like, yeah, we've got the offense to like go and compete for a Super Bowl. It's just kind of like, eh, yeah. it's a serviceable offense that'll be balanced and try to control the the clock and, and keep the ball safe. And like, you can win on the D. Yeah, I get it. It works. But mm-hmm. is it going to get you to that next level? where, you know, the, the teams that are really competitive are like incredibly creative and dynamic and, and able to manipulate their playbook on a week to week basis. But mm-hmm. on the flip side, you can only do that once you have continuity. Exactly. You know, so it's like, I don't know what's going to happen, but that's a question I, I think about a lot is because I don't think either direction is necessarily good, nor is it bad. If, you know, if there's a young OC out there in, in, in the off season that, that is available that one works for the Broncos and Locke. Like, how do you say no to that? You know, like, yeah, it's three mm-hmm. OCs in three years, but at the same time, like, mm, you know, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's a tough one. Like, I, what, what do you think? Uh, you know, I think uh, other stuff in life is tough sometimes uh, and you got to find a way through it. And a perfect example of that is looking for insurance. <laughs> um, and so, <laughs> You know, yes. when you're looking for homeowners insurance, like we're, we are now looking for homeowners insurance. We got an offer accepted on a house yesterday hey, and, you know, thank you. Uh, we were looking awesome. for car insurance a little bit ago, but yeah, the lender was like, do you know what, what uh, insurance company you go with? And I'm like, yes, I do. I want to go with Centennial State Insurance Agency. I am not making that up. Uh, hands down. These guys are fantastic. It's a smaller insurance agency, but that means that you're going to get that uh, customized, you know, one-on-one personal care you're not going to get from other big companies. Say that, you know, one maybe rhymes with FIPO. I don't know. You're not going to get that from those guys. Uh, you're not, if something happens, God forbid, you're on the side of the road, you're, you're not going to be on hold for 30 minutes, hoping that somebody in another country answers eventually and they don't really care about you. You're going to have a dedicated insurance agent. If you need them, you're going to call them. They know you, they know your family, they know your situation. Uh, if you're shopping around and you're not the best choice for them, they will tell you and they'll explain why. They're not saying, here's the quote. They're going to tell you what's in the breakdown, what it means, and they're going to explain to you why they are the best choice or why they're not the best choice. And they're going to give you that honesty up front. So uh, make things a little t- a little less tough on yourself while you're going through life and call Centennial State Insurance Agency at 303-838-0554. Boom. Man, if I lived in Colorado, I'd definitely be one of their customers, but I don't. So it's nah. unfortunate, but they sound like it a is. Canadian insurance company. They sound really nice, polite, <laughs> eager to help. You know? Yeah, they, yeah, Good. in that regards. But they're American, so they're better so, in that regard. Um, <laughs> but no, okay. Back to what you were talking about. <laughs> Not a political show, but I get. I, get I just have segues. I remember early in the season, man. I remember challenging you, saying like, "You got to throw in like the the sponsors, just so slick, like we can't see it coming. You just got to slide right in." A lot of the podcasts I listen to, that's how it happens, and I love it every time. And your segues, I like. I did not see that coming whatsoever, man. You just, it was beautiful, just amazing. Yeah, you so, know how I do it, right? I I listen to you talking, and I listen to your points, and we're having a conversation. Yeah. But whenever you start wrapping up a, a sentence, I think like, can I tie that into, <laughs> oh, you know, it's amazing. And then you're oh, like, yeah. tough. I'm like, I could use this, you know, and here we go. So, you know, that's how it goes. But uh, I appreciate it. And uh, to your, to your point, exactly. Look, I don't like Pat Shermer either. I'll just say it right now. I, I yeah. don't think that he's like you said, he's the guy that's going to create this offense that is going to be powerful. Right. But we cannot, for the love of God, bring in a new guy, a new playbook. You have to, when you have a team this young, you have to give them something to build off of. 
even veterans, seasoned veterans, when you bring mm-hmm. in a new Peyton Manning, you bring in a new, bring them into a new team, a new playbook. It even takes them time to adjust and learn what's going on. And if, if people that have been doing this for 10 plus years are having trouble, you can only imagine what a very, very young team, very, very young offense is going to do if they keep cycling through playbooks. They're never going to get that foundation to build off of. You know, and so yeah, you're right. We have to stick to it with it for another two years, I would say at least. And then, yeah, at that point, it's probably time to move on because then we'll have the pieces and the experience to bring in somebody yeah. who can push them to that next level. <laughs> but then it's like, are you wasting talent at that point? You know, there's just no, there's no easy you know? way to look at it because it's no. just one way or another, you're going to win stuff and you're going to lose stuff. There's some pros and cons, but it, you know, it's going to be a matter of what Elway thinks is best, oh, yeah. um, and then ultimately what Fangio thinks is best. But you know when we're looking at like the coaching vacancies coming up, like so far, you know, uh, the, the, the Texans, the Falcons, probably the jets, uh, are, are going to be looking for new head coaches. Um, you know, chargers potentially as well. Uh, you know, four or five franchises I see could be looking for head coaches and, and there's some pretty good candidates out there. Um, but some of these candidates just won't make it to those head coaching jobs and they're good offensive minds. And, and some people that, come to mind or, you know, Brian Dable with the bills, like mm-hmm. look what happened with uh, Josh Allen yeah. over just this last season. Like his technique has been fixed. He's playing a lights out. I mean, he's had a few rough weeks recently, but like early in the year, he was like MVP candidate. Uh, you know, so I think he's still in that discussion if he can really have a good December, uh, yeah. you know, but that, you know, this is stuff we're talking about. Like we need an offensive coordinator who can really tap into drew lock, understand, his strengths, his weaknesses, ultimately why the weaknesses are there, and then provide him a solution that works for him, not try to mold him into a, a typical type of quarterback. Because yeah. Mark, Mark is kind of built like a bit of a – he's a tough, bigger-bodied guy, right? So he can yeah. take a hit. He's not somebody – you know, you can't teach him the Lamar Jackson or the Kyler Murray style of, of quarterback. You can't right. teach him the, the Tom Brady's and the Peyton Manning style, like stand in the pocket and deliver. Like, you know, th- that kind of quarterback is – an extinct, you know what I mean? Like yep. Garoppolo's kind of like that, and, and he's banged up every week. Matt Ryan's old, Drew Brees is old. Like those guys are gone. So you have to like find out what really makes Drew Locke unique, and then you need to expose that and 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 just fix everything else around it. And you know, is Pat Shermer going to be the guy to do that? I just don't know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I'm just not sure. And then you know, even on Fangio's level, I really like him as a coach. I love him as a head coach. Like mm-hmm. I think he's great. The defense top three defense with a bunch of backups i can't say shit like he's yeah. right out there yeah. uh you know and, and we, we all i rip on him too for his time management skills but like let's be honest <laughs> he's not the only head coach with time management issues yeah uh so you know all that stuff aside i think fangio's a, a really great head coach there and it's going to be interesting to see what happens on an offensive side of the ball because like i don't know man i just my, my gut's telling me they need somebody who's just way more dynamic and a risk taker because like scangarello um i was hoping he'd be like that coming from the kyle shanahan you know coaching tree but yeah. uh, he flopped and then uh Shermer, he's got all the experience in the world but i just i've never been a fan of him like when he had the head coaching job with the giants they, they sucked when he coached with the vikings they weren't very good like i don't know i just don't right. get it but he's he is better than scangarello i'll i'll, wow. I'll admit to that like doesn't take much to be better in this game. Uh, really. Yeah, um, really doesn't. <laughs> but you know, there is that that risk versus reward thing. You know, yeah. are we are we if we keep um, Shermer for a couple of years, you know, are we wasting talent? I would say no. We have such a young offense 
and we have so much cap space. Like I don't want necessarily John Noe to go out and make a big signing this year. Like no. hold on that cap space so that, you know, in a couple of years, these contracts oh. come up, you can keep building on that. And then again, you, you get this foundation. The players learn who they are. They learn how to play together. Then you bring in somebody who is that aggressive that can push them to that next mm. level, which Shermer just can't. And they, just the way he, he builds his playbook and the, the way he runs the offense, he just isn't going to. So you're not going to – I get it. You're And maybe more on the defense side of the ball, but we're still pretty young on the on the defense side of the ball. And you're seeing how well we're playing with these younger guys over oh, there too. Dude, so I don't – yeah. on the team it, it, it this is like i you, you know what I, I take back what i said because i think you're right in that stance that you know the team is so young that they kind of need that veteran relaxed presence the one that has all the experience to teach him all these like the fundamental way of playing in the league mm-hmm. so that you know when they're at the point of really peaking that's when you bring in the the, the hot new mind to, to take them off so you know i i do agree with that um i i would say though that you know when you got cap space it's one thing to keep it and to massage and to move it. Be smart about it. Be smart about it. But the interesting thing with next year is that with all the the, the stadium revenue down and some broadcasting and, and whatever, like the mm-hmm. monies in the league, like the salary cap will be different than what we projected it to be pre-COVID and what we are yeah. usually used to, right? Um, interesting fact, the, the, the salary cap in the NFL has gone up by 65%, I think, in the last, like, is it 15 years? Something ridiculous. And it's tied to broadcasting. The salary cap right. is tied to broadcasting. So the more hmm. games are broadcast, the more people watch, the more money teams have to spend. So, you know, the fact that the – it's interesting because the fact that, like, you can't really have fans in the stadiums and games are being played and, and, and all that, I mean, it might positively affect the cap. But all that I'm trying to say here, I'm really coming back to – I have a point. Cap, okay. I, I, have a <laughs> I believe point. you. Um, I'm just along for the ride. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's quite a ride. Uh, I think that, you know, if you've got the money, this is the time. Let's start spending it. But like you said, spend it in a smart way and invest in good places. And and some some positions, you know, you know, Brandon Scherf from the Washington Guard, somebody you'd probably spend big money on. Joe Tooney from New England. Here, here's a safe, you know, place where you can invest good money, right? Just to keep right. building at that in, uh, important spot. Wide receiver even. I know we're stacked at receiver, but yeah. man, T.Y. Hilton's going to be available. T.Y. Hilton's a sneaky, sneaky good threat. He hasn't been playing well since Luck, uh, sorry, Luck went away. Uh, you know, but there's going to be a lot of players, you know, that are going to come out. That man, it's like a lot of veterans that you might be able to spend just this year, get a couple, you know, short years yeah. out of, and get. I, you know, I don't really agree with like keeping the cap, but spending it smartly, I think, is a good way. Um, you know, and on the defensive side, man, like. I, why not get another couple big hitters and, and superstars sure. in the defense, like guys who can play under Fangio's system? Mm-hmm. You know, you could ride a you know tailcoats of a defense into the playoffs easily. Yeah. Easily, the Patriots did it for 15 years. You know, <laughs> exactly. Now, and that's you know good points. And so I'm not against Elway doing you know bringing in one or two big name guys or something you know that can really jumpstart the offense and defense yeah. keep them strong i just don't want in three or four years we have all these awesome pieces right now yeah you know that if we don't have the cap space and we don't have a chance to really offer them anything substantial to say well now you're going to just see them piecemealing off you know a couple mm-hmm. here a couple there and in a couple years you're going to lose all these people right so 
I'll, you know, I'll, I'll adjust what I said and just be smart about it. And, and right. I got to yeah. believe that John, John Elway knows that he's looking at this saying, we have a lot of really, really good pieces. Yeah. We, I, I, we all want this team to stick together. If the majority of this team can stick together for the next five, six, seven, eight years, holy crap. It's- if Hold yeah, if you can establish continuity in the building, I think that this could be very special for years to come. Like the Chargers are, I mean, it, just looking at the division, this is becoming a very, very exciting division. I, you know, when I saw the Chiefs kind of take off last, you know, last couple of years, I'm like, hey, it's going to be a one-team race. Like here, just yeah. gonna suck. But like the Chargers with Herbert, I'm still not sold on Herbert. He's got a cannon, like an absolute rifle of an arm, but. Let's you know, Mitch Trubisky made a Pro Bowl. Let's relax. Yeah. And um, the Raiders, the Raiders are legit. Like as much as I hate the brand and the team and and Gruden and all that, like the product on the field yeah. is really good. Derek Carr, I think, has only two picks this year. Yeah, right. You know, like it, it, and, and Pat Mahomes has two picks this year, both against the Raiders. Right. So like this is a team that is well coached, well established. Mm-hmm. They're winning games. They're, they're you know they've got good pieces. And now here come the Broncos with the youngest team in the league who just are lacking a bit of continuity and health, freaking health, man. You get yeah. the starters on the field. Like this division is going to be sick. Yeah. So much fun to watch for uh, years to come. Right. Um, and to point out the cap, the salary cap too, like Von Miller, is he going to be a free agent next year? I think, you know, I see this on my list. Here, I think he has one more year. Yeah. One more year, but it's, it's kind of like the, um, the guaranteed money's kind of gone. I'd have yeah. to look that up, but anyways, Von Miller is coming up. Uh, Justin Simmons needs to be re-signed. Kareem Jackson is old, but like you know, he's going to be a restricted free agent, right? So there's players that are already on the team that need to get locked up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also looking defensively. Matt Judon's going to be available. Leonard Williams, Bud Dupree, he'd be sweet to add on. Yeah. Uh, Jadavian Clowney. I still am the belief that we should have signed Jadavian Clowney. In the okay. I think he would have been just. He's such a chess piece. He can play inside, yeah. man. He's like he played three, the five, the stand up. He, you know, yeah. so much he can do. Um, so I, I don't know. I think there's a lot of big players next year that'll come out, and it'll be uh, really exciting to watch. Uh, inside linebacker, a spot that we've been lacking for a long, 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 long time. Uh, you know, the, Levante David from Tampa Bay. He's going to be available. He's a bit older, but a stud linebacker. So, you know, we're kind of way off topic here, but I, I, I do think that man this team is on the right path and, and we, it's hard to look at it from like an established fans te- standpoint. Because yeah. It's like, it's mediocre compared to what we're used to. Um, but shifting but, that perspective. And I think this Dolphins game to bring it all the way back to what we're supposed yeah. to be talking about was a great <laughs> indication of, of what is possible. If the offense exactly. plays balanced, runs the ball, you know, boom, we win. Yeah. You're right. This is mediocre and it sucks for, you know, Broncos fans have grown up forever and, you know, just used to that winning culture every year. Um, but that's where, that's where I get excited. Yeah. It sucks in this moment. Well, it didn't suck yesterday being at the stadium with all that, but you know, in general, like this, the last couple of seasons have sucked being in this moment, but when I'm looking at where we are now, where we've been, you know, since the last couple of years and I see this talent and just, the idea of it being molded into this fantastic offense, we're not going to be a mediocre team in a couple of years. And we're going to be an incredible team for five, six, yeah. seven, eight, nine years. Like we're going to be up there with the rest of them. We're going to be incredible. And it's not going to be like, Oh yeah, we're playing the Broncos this week. Like whatever. It's yeah. like, Holy crap. The Broncos are playing the chiefs and this is going to be a phenomenal oh, game because you got two strong powerhouse teams going at each other. Right? Like that's a conversation. Yeah. And yeah that's what we're going to be. And so, yeah, it sucks now, but in a couple of years, it, it's, 
it's not going to. No, we're we're gonna get there eventually. But yeah, this division, like, it's exciting. It's like the polar opposite of the NFC. Uh, what is it? The NFC East. East the, yeah. The Eagles, the Washington. But they're the all tied in with like three wins or something. <laughs> like, aren't you, aren't you glad you're not in there? At least you're better than that entire division. Okay, like, like right. at least we're better than that in those four teams. Uh, but yeah, like, man, like for the next years to come, like I can't wait to see, you know, and we've got division matchups with every team coming up, right? Like Chiefs first, uh, Chargers and Raiders later in the year, uh, and then big games against the Saints with a new quarterback against the Bills who, you know, are pretty dominant too. And then the Panthers, I mean, depending on health as well, but uh, you know, these are exciting games and, and I'm really, really hoping that, you know, they stick with the game plan they had this week. Yep. And they just, man, like stick with the run. It, yep. Good things happen when you run the ball. So I'm going to do some plugs, but I, I, I'm going to ask you this question. We can talk about it afterwards, just kind of to start yeah. wrapping things up. Um, the question is going to be not to get into the pregame podcast or anything, but not just for the next week, but the rest of the year. Like what are some things that maybe you're, we're weak on that you really want to see us like improve on and, and move forward in, into this next year. So, but before we answer that, cause I got to give people a hook to stick through the, you know, the, <laughs> give a reason to listen, yeah. <laughs> uh, here at orange weekly, we got a ton of content for you guys every single week. We got this uh, pregame or postgame podcast. We have the pregame podcast, uh, the Ragers podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google play, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcasts, we're there. Uh, right. The Rager show is a newer one. If you're interested in sports betting, Ray does a fantastic job of breaking down what bets he's going to take for the Broncos game. Hilarious. So yeah. He's also hilarious. Listen to him. He, he'll he make you laugh guaranteed. Oh, every single time. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Uh, so you can listen to that. Even if you're not into sports betting, you'll, you'll learn about, it's kind of a pregame show in a sense, because you're not only hearing what Vegas is saying, but he explains to you why he's taking certain bets and why not. And so you get that pregame aspect of it as well. Um, so check that one out. We got a ton of live shows. We got uh, the the Monday night, uh, Orange Weekly after dark, dark, 9 p.m. Mountain Time. We got Tuesday night, Bourbon Broncos, no BS, 7 p.m. Mountain Time. We got a pregame show. We got a halftime show. David and I are going to be broadcasting from Colorado Cork and Keg in Castle Rock, Colorado this next week, game against the Saints. Uh, come on by, visit us. If you go in and you tell them Orange Weekly sent you, you get half off your first drink. There's not going to be any game, uh, fans at the games for the rest of the season, so you might as well drive down either you know from Denver or drive up from Colorado Springs, join us at the bar. We're going to be there calling the game live. So we got a ton of stuff for you guys. Go check out our website, broncosorangeweekly.com, to just a quick way to find our latest show, our latest podcast, and uh, the latest article we have out. So tons of stuff here. We're not going away, and uh, we have a good crew here, Matt. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, we do. do. Yeah. And to answer your question, you know – it, it, not to necessarily rehash, I think we, we touched on the important stuff that needs to kind of change uh, or, or whatever throughout the year. But I th- ultimately, the thing I really want to see kind of shift is just Locke's confidence in managing the game. Doesn't have to be a hero. Like it's so many times I see him just force the ball too much or just try to do a little bit too much. And, you know, I just want to see him have the confidence that he just needs to deliver the safe ball to the right person and have trust that that person is going to then move the ball, you know, shift and then the next play and then the next play and just have that sort of, you know, that confidence is something you can't really teach. You can only gain through experience. It's kind of like riding a bike. You know what I mean? You just have to stumble a lot and fall over a few times before you get that balance. And I think walk is like slowly getting there. Um, and, and by establishing the run and sticking to a run game, that'll help him get there. 
because yeah. you're you know that run game is key in moving the ball and you know when you start a game the first throws an interception like you're you're all out of whack right and it you know so i i just want to see him the psychological side of lock just really stick to that that the just the the comfort of delivering the safe ball everything's going to be okay and knowing and you know the funny thing is like when you do that repeatedly that deep attack that huge hit home run ball it opens up it's just like it, it's mm-hmm. beautiful to see. Like I've seen it as a coach, I've seen it as a player. But if you just do something, establish, establish that big play, it just it happens, right? So and it's beautiful, and it's it's like art, man. It's <laughs> poetry, right? It's like it was, it was the Kirk Cousins uh, against Dallas um, had this amazing throw, man. Roll out to the right, plant, threw it back left to Adam Thielen in stride. Like it was just like I, I you know, I got a little chubby. <laughs> like I, was, I was watching and I got super excited because it's like, it, it just, it's beautiful. And Locke mm-hmm. just hasn't had that yet because it, you can't create that. It has to happen organically. So I want to see him, you know, kind of get there, but through a nice psychological standpoint of like trust that your team can get it done. It doesn't have to be you. Yeah. Uh, so that's my rambling answer. What, what do you think awesome. is to, to really stay or change? Or- uh, I mean, not to just repeat what you said, but it, it establish their own game. Let's, let's yeah. figure out an identity. You know, and let's stick to it. Let's let's play smart. Uh, let's just keep building on what we have right now, um, and just more of a, an experience standpoint. You know, let's mm-hmm. let's let's try some things. You know, um, you know, in these games where it's very close and we have a chance to win. Okay, uh, let's I don't know. Let, let's just let the the offense get in a groove a little bit more. There was at least one time where we kind of got into hurry up offense a little bit. Just you know. Not not because it was at the end of the game, but okay, you know, we get in the huddle, we get to the ball, and we go. You know, mm-hmm. let's see some more of that. Let's try some things and figure out what what helps the offense jive. What's help, what helps yeah. them get in the groove and Philip use Lindsay. that. It's Philip Lindsay, Philip, Philip, Philip freaking Lindsay, <laughs> yeah, hundred yeah, percent. And so, man, that's what I I just want to see us become uh, more consistent. You know, yeah. we ha- it's it's a smart it's an easy thing and a smart thing to do. Stick with the run game. Stick with the run game. Let things open up. Move the ball. Keep the defense off the field. Rely on them to keep you in the game, and then you be smart about the ball, or be smart with the ball, and and give your chance, or give yourself a chance to to put some points on the board. So, yeah, yeah that's kind of. I think there's some good games ahead. I, I'm not going to sit here and say we're going to lose every game. Um, do we have an uphill battle? Do we have an uphill battle? Yeah, I think we can get a couple more. I really yeah. do. What do you think we can beat? Uh, I have to pull up the schedule. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you, Saints. Yep. Chiefs, Panthers, Bills, Chargers, and Raiders. I think we can beat the Raiders. Could be the Raiders, okay. Um, man, I could think we can beat the okay. Panthers. Beat the Panthers, hundred percent. I think we can beat the Chargers. Chargers for sure. Chargers are. Uh, so you're looking yeah. at three right there, and I mean, now if we steal a game uh, somewhere else along the line, I, I mean, the Bills. Look, the Bills, I mean, I love Josh Allen. He's on my fantasy team, and he's he's doing phenomenal for me, right? But, I mean, we have our defense, and if we can shut Josh Allen down, I mean, you're saying we have a chance against the Bills. It's oh, going to yeah. affect my fantasy team that week. I don't know if I'll play him that week. But, <laughs> hey, but probably, we can shut these guys down with our defense. Hey, you had a big win. You had a big chance. win in fantasy. Did yeah, you? and uh, Josh Allen had a bye week. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh Cousins? Oh yeah, I got a big week for cousins too, man. Uh, and the Cleveland defense got me twenty points, so that helped. Because yeah, the Eagles are garbage, man. <laughs> that helped me a lot. So you yeah. know, I'm still in the playoff picture at least for now. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big yeah, week. 
It's awesome. David sucks. He's two and nine now. So fucking Jared came back around somehow. Who is somehow? But you know, any any team that's making fun of me, uh, you know, like Kevin's platform shoes and uh, Kevin still sucks. You know, those teams can just they're, keep they're on down, losing. Man. Keep that's on right. losing. I yeah, beat you guys. A, that's it's a okay. life lesson, man. Like if you're gonna chirp on others, you're gonna get the karma's gonna smack you in the face. Man. It is. You just gotta do you and make <laughs> you know sound decisions and stick to your guns and eventually. You're on top, yeah. you know. Tell me and wrong. Funny team names, but guess what? Suck it. Yeah, and you know that yeah, you you and I both know the secret to our fantasy success. Like, let's be honest, right? We, have we just uh, we, we have a lot of cheat sheets that uh, we print from the internet, and that's it. That's right, and it and it worked out pretty well, especially for me. I'm in first, but you know, that's neither here nor I'm there. I'm not far behind you. I'm just saying, eh, a couple games behind. Couple games. <laughs> Anyways, let's wrap this one up. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me on the post game. A lot of fun. No, thank you for joining. And then. Uh, have yourself a good week, man. Like rest up and congrats on your house and congrats on the Broncos win. I know uh, you deserve it. Yeah. Really thanks, You've been working hard for that win, man. And, and you find you earned it. I'm just glad I was there. <laughs> yeah. Almost <laughs> definitely, man. All right. Cool. Well, as always, I guess we'll start, end it on a strong. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news.